Hello from Classical KUCO. This is Spotlight on the Arts, where we take a moment to talk with local artists, performers, composers, conductors, and leaders on the many special activities and challenges taking place within our community. I'm your host, Paul Nesper. Today, we sit down with Kristen Milburn, Public Events Manager with the Myriad Botanical Gardens, to discuss their upcoming event, Dancing in the Gardens Western. Then, We'll sit down with composer, violinist, recording artist, producer, and teacher Patrick Conlon to discuss his upcoming work, Time Flies, being debuted with the Fort Smith Symphony Orchestra in September. Finally, we'll sit down with Mike Lowry, conductor of the Oklahoma City Winds, to discuss their finale concert from their inaugural concert season. As we like to say, let's put a spotlight on the arts here in Oklahoma. Please stay with us. Welcome back to Spotlight. My first guest this morning is Kristen Milburn, Public Events Manager with Myriad Botanical Gardens. On July 14th, the gardens will be hosting Dancing in the Gardens Western. Attendees can come by starting at 7 p.m. and receive a dancing lesson and then can dance the night away starting at 8 p.m. and features the Oklahoma Opry. Kristen, welcome to Spotlight. Hi, thanks so much for having me. We're excited to have you here, uh, and it's obviously a great time to be in Oklahoma City if we ignore the rain part of it. Uh, (laughs) So we've got Dancing in the Gardens coming up this Friday. So how long has Dancing in the Gardens been taking place? Oh, gosh, that predates me a bit. Um, Probably six to eight years. Um, It is is an annual series that we do during the summer. Um, We try to do it at least Four times. Um, this is the first time we've done Western since I've been there. Um, I know they've done it before, but we always do salsa. Um, we've tried Bollywood, K-pop, hip-hop. Try to really cover a, a wide gamut of um, cultural representations and different types and styles of dance um, to really appeal to everyone. That's great. You have a few of these nights throughout the summer, as you mentioned, is there a way you go about selecting the themes or the dance styles, or is it really just about we're going to try to get as many groups and dances and styles included and you rotate those out? So we always do salsa. Um, that is a super popular night, and we have a couple of great partners that we work on with that, Jorge and Brenda at Tango PR. And then we have done Bollywood for the last two years. We have a great partner with um, India Association of Oklahoma, and then other than that, we've kind of rotated styles in and out to see how they're received by the public. And we don't always measure the success based off of the attendance, although that is a good measurement. And um, we also measure it on the feedback that we get. You know, we did K-pop last year and it we didn't have a ton of attendees, but the people who came were just shocked that there was a K-pop event in Oklahoma City. So that was really cool to be able to provide that for uh, the community that is really into K-pop music. And I, as, as, as our listeners know, I'm, I'm a transplant to the area, but one of the things that I love about this, this city and this area is it is very diverse. We have a ton of different cultures and communities within Oklahoma City, so it really seems like a great opportunity for all those different cultures and uh, uh, histories and ethnicities to be represented. Yes, we are really proud to use the public space that we have to provide an opportunity for family-friendly programming that is also representative of our community. I really feel really blessed when I get to see all of this come together and see 
families enjoying spaces that are free to them and family friendly. We have kids and grandparents and couples and friends out there just dancing and enjoying each other's company. And that's just really cool to watch. Absolutely. And it's such a simple thing. And even if, like, for example, I'm sure many people out there believe this. I'm not the best dancer, but I'm sure it's a judgment-free zone where you can have a good time. It is absolutely a judgment-free zone. We have excellent instructors who are used to working with people of all different um, talents and experience levels. And we have people just getting out there, moving their bodies. That's what it's all about. It's not a contest. It's not a competition. It's just out there to move and have fun. I'm glad it's not a competition because I would be the first one eliminated. <laughs> it would be bad. So uh, what other uh, styles of music and dance are going to be featured this summer? I know we have Western coming up this Friday. What about future ones this summer? So we, the first one that we did was um, 90s, sorry, not 90s, MTV dance hits. It was Ooh. a lot of 90s music, but uh, <laughs> 80s, 90s, and 2000s MTV dance hits. So a lot of Boy bands and Beyonce, Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation. Um, it was just a really fun time to kind of highlight the music video era um, and kind of learn some of those famous dances from those music videos that we remember watching on MTV and VH1. I want it that way. <laughs> um, and then obviously we're having Western this Friday. Um, and then we have Salsa and Bollywood in August. And so if they don't get there by August, it's bye-bye-bye. That's right. That's right. I'm really loving all of these boy band references. <laughs> Child of the 90s, what can I say? <laughs> what can folks expect from this event besides great music and dancing? So what I really love about this event is multiple things, but um, one of them is that it provides a space for families to dance together. You know, the only other places, to my knowledge, to dance in the city are nightclubs. Um, so it's really cool to see an opportunity where um, kids can come dance with their families. Older couples are coming out dancing where it doesn't have to be a nightclub or a dance club type environment. It's just a fun, it reminds me of, you know, I've traveled a bit and it reminds me of a plaza in the middle of a city that's that's laid out that way, just bustling with food and music and families. And it's a really awesome feeling. It makes me feel really proud to live here. So, yes, that it will be family friendly. And then also we have um, food trucks. We have a beer bus. We have a face painter for the kids. Ooh. So, um, yeah, come come hungry. <laughs> come hungry and uh, we don't want no scrubs. <laughs> mm, I, can, I, I can do this the rest of our I'm, time. Together. I'm sensing that. I, I'm sensing that. I, I know all the words to that song. <laughs> Well, just don't go chasing waterfalls. Uh, <laughs> where can our listeners go to learn more about the programming and events that take place at the uh, Myriad Botanical Gardens? So we have a full calendar on our website at myriadgardens.org. Um, our social media at Myriad Gardens on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter are also good sources of information. Obviously, being an outdoor space, we have lots of changes because um, we are uh, beholden to the weather. So um, you can follow our social media for any updates about our events. Has all the rain that we've been having been good, bad, or kind of neutral for y'all? Depends on which team you ask. The horticulture <laughs> the horticulture team is thrilled. Um, the events team is a little uh, disheveled. Every, every week we have to look at the calendar and say, can we have yoga outside? Is the lawn going to be too wet for the movie? But 
No, the rain's been good, and it's really cooled down the weather, too. I just walked over here from the office, and it was a really beautiful walk. So, It's nice when the weather does cooperate, but I will happily take 80-degree temperatures in the middle of July. <laughs> yes, exactly. Kristen, you say you are relatively new to the Myriad Botanical Gardens. I believe you said you've been there about two years. What's been the best part about working there? And if someone hasn't been or hasn't been in a while, what's the one selling point you'd tell, hey, you got to get over there ASAP? Well, I'm a little biased because I'm on the events team, but I will say the events. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have a unique um, setup for or compared to other botanical gardens. Most botanical gardens in major cities are admission only. So the only part of that is admission based to the Myriad Gardens is the Crystal Bridge, which is the large tropical conservatory. But otherwise, our outdoor grounds are free to the public. So are most of our events. And that is a really, really awesome benefit ad that we provide to the community and that our donors provide to the community um, for people to come out and listen to free music, uh, watch movies, go to vendor markets. Um, that is is what I think we provide that is super unique, is a free, accessible space. Just to reiterate, the dances in the gardens, that is a free event. Obviously, you to purchase food or beverages, that's a, an added cost, but f- completely free. If they just want to go and dance the night away, it will not cost them a thing. Correct. No, The lesson is free, and there is no cover charge for our dance club. Oh, That, fit, <laughs> that fits my budget. That absolutely fits my budget. So you guys will be partnering with the Oklahoma Opry for this event on Friday, and they will be providing the musicians. Is that correct? That is correct. We are really excited to be partnering with the Oklahoma Opry. They will be providing the dance lessons. The executive director, Cindy Scarberry, will be teaching, let's see, Southside Shuffle and the Copperhead Road line dance. So these are unpartnered dances, which is nice um, for people coming out, whether they're bringing a dance partner or coming by themselves. This will be um, fun for everyone. And then they are also providing a live five-piece band. So we are very excited. This is We don't often get to have live music at these dancing events. We usually have a DJ. So it really will have that cowboy, dance hall, stomping, rowdy kind of feel, which I think is really, really fun to have in a, a public outdoor space. Uh, a rootin' tootin' boot scootin' boogie, if you will. <laughs> That's right, exactly. You have more than just the dances in the garden going on. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about the programming. So what else is happening this summer with the Myriad Botanical Gardens? Yeah, we're about to wrap up our Sonic Summer Movies, um, which is another free Um, open to the public program. So our last Sonic Summer movie will be Wednesday, July 19th. We're showing My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, And we will, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And the Oklahoma Greek Festival will be coming out to do some pre-programming, some Greek music, Greek dancing. Nice. um, And then obviously showing the movie and we have food trucks and all of that. So definitely come to that on July 19th. Um, And then we are also really excited to be having three live concerts this summer on the Devon Lawn, which are also free to the public. We're doing lots of different styles of music, which I'm really excited about. So July 28th, we're having jazz on the lawn with Spunk Adams and friends. Um, Excellent. Yeah, he's a beloved local jazz musician. Um, Already have a lot of interest in that. And then on August 11th, we are having a Nepali band called Dhaka Topi. I desperately hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. They will be performing 
Hindi music, Bollywood music, Nepalese music, just a, kind of a little bit of everything. Um, they performed at the India Cultural Event and Festival last year. So we're really excited to bring them back to the gardens. And then we're really, really excited on Friday, August 25th. We are having our third annual tribute concert. And this year's concert is Elton John. So it's called Your Song, an Elton John tribute concert. We are going to have um, four bands, four solo artists doing an hour and a half of Elton's greatest hits. Um, It'll really be a spectacle. Uh, In years past, we've done, last year we did Stevie Wonder, and the year before that we did Joni Mitchell, and they're always really well attended and just really fun. That sounds like it's going to be a truly incredible concert. Yes. Wow. And obviously the timing is great with Sir Elton uh, signing off after all these years. I believe his last concert was just this last weekend, if I'm not mistaken. So Yes. He's the- been doing his Goodbye Yellow Brick Road tour. So we always try to uh, make sure our tribute concerts are timely. Stevie Wonders was on the 50th anniversary of two of his most famous albums. And then Joni's was on the 50th anniversary of her Blue album. That's incredible. And just the the foresight to plan it out that way and and have it uh, coincide with a significant anniversary of that artist. Just brilliant programming. Oh, thank you. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me today. Coming up next on Spotlight, Oklahoma City composer Patrick Conlon. Please stay with us. My next guest on Spotlight is composer, violinist, recording artist, producer, and teacher Patrick Conlon. Patrick is currently the Associate Director of the Academy of Contemporary Music at the University of Central Oklahoma and teaches courses in film scoring, studio recording, and composition. Recently, Patrick was named Composer-in-Residence of the Fort Smith Symphony Orchestra and will have his work Time Flies premiered by the symphony on September 9th. Patrick, welcome to Spotlight. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a minute since I've had a conversation with you. We've had some digital communication, but I think it's the first time I've seen you probably since before the pandemic, now that I think about it. Um, so, I mean, this is a big deal. What does it mean to be named composer-in-residence for the Fort Smith Symphony and to have a major symphonic work premiered by them? Uh, it's so amazing. And uh, John Jetter's the music director there and the conductor. And he's really one of the first conductors who really invested in my career. So I wrote a piece for them um, that they premiered on their kids' concert. Then he commissioned a full concerto, which was called Wub Wub Wub, and it was a dubstep concerto. Oh, nice. And so we were talking about it's their 100th anniversary season. He wanted to commission a new work. Then there's also a fanfare I'm writing for ArcBest, and it sort of became this. There were three or four things he needed written throughout the year with the idea that we're going to be doing an album at the end. And so during that conversation, we were like, I made the joke of, well, if you make me composer in residence, you just kind of get it as a package deal, and it costs a lot less. (laughs) And it's all about savings, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we, we all gotta we gotta tighten our tighten our belts these you days. You can bundle, you know. <laughs> well, I mean that's that's so cool, and just having known you for wow, fifteen years more now, crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so awesome to see that level of success, and and you know, for your bio as we read it, you know, I I was only scratching the surface. You've got a lot of stuff that that's going on right now. You uh, you just finished recording and producing the Oklahoma City Philharmonic album, correct? Yes, yeah. My partner Christina and I recorded and produced it. It's released now on Naxos. It's gained really great press, and now we're um, hopeful for a Grammy this year. We're starting to go into that. That's wild to think about, and that 
you've been nominated for a Grammy as, uh, uh, for pr- production before. Is that correct? We were really lucky last year. So Kit Wakely, uh, we did some work on his album, An Adoption Story, which ended up winning the uh, Best Classical Compendium. That's right. Okay, okay. I, I, I want to make sure I wasn't confusing anything. I know we've had some other people on that have been uh, b- bestowed some Grammys too. So I just want to make sure I had that correct. That's So what, what was that experience like? That was really incredible. So we worked with Tess Remy Schumacher. Um, We recorded a track of hers, and it's a composition by Kit Wakely, and we sent it to him. And the thing that's so cool about this is this is something we do all the time. We do probably 30 or 40 tracks like this a year. You do a track, you send it to the artist, you hope they're happy with it. (laughs) And then Kit told us it was going on the album and he was going to do a push. And we were really lucky that Kit Wakely was just such an incredible person and kind of We've been voters for a while, but we've never gone and kind of done the whole Grammy thing. So he invited us to all of the pre-parties and introduced us to everybody. And we've really grown to know this kind of new family of musicians that we get to be friends with and listen to their amazing music. Man, that's incredible. Did you get like one of those gift bags that I always hear about when I watch like the pre and post shows? (laughs) We did get a little gift bag. (laughs) And we got our Grammy certificates in the mail, and yeah, it was really an amazing experience. And Tess and Kit were definitely our mentors in kind of navigating the whole thing. That's incredible. We actually just played uh, some of Tess's uh, Bach cello suites last week for performance. She's an incredible musician. We're very fortunate to have her here in uh, Edmond, Oklahoma City. When it comes to writing your music, I want to focus kind of on your creative process. So obviously you had a conversation with Fort Smith as far as like, okay, what are we, what are we aiming for? So after that conversation, what do you do? Sure. So luckily, John and I have known each other for getting close to 15 years now. Um, And so we're able to have really honest conversations about what we want. And so he was saying he wanted kind of an overture piece, you know, a 10-ish minute piece that is fun and flashy and beautiful and features the whole orchestra. And so there were a few, I always kind of come up with a concept at the beginning and then see how much I actually track with that as the (laughs) composition starts happening. So John's really into aviation. And so it's kind of a pun, the name, about time flies. Okay. And so there are some chords that are actually a little top gunny. Like there's these kind of 80s big band sections. But then there's some very – I looked at a bunch of – I made a playlist basically of pieces that were written in 1923 (laughs) and just kind of lived in that lush – I mean, early 20th century music is one of my favorite periods. It's definitely post-romantic, but it still has that – larger-than-life romantic essence to it. Yeah, yeah, so that was the first part. And then I basically made like a jazz lead sheet for it. So just playing piano, figuring out chords. I want to be very harmonically and melodically based. And I have this one sheet that's basically the whole piece, you know, sectioned out. Then what I do is I go into Pro Tools and I'll record piano, violin, and MIDI samples and um, I'm about to send him probably the first draft at the end of this week. Cool. And it's basically, we've got a MIDI mock-up, and now we're at the point where I'm just doing, you know, what note does Oboe 2 get out of that chord voicing? <laughs> so there's kind of all these little steps that go into it. Um, I think that's all art, is always this very iterative pro- process. Really, inter- not interesting is probably not the right word, but that's just fascinating to be able to kind of hear that and see that. And again, I... I'm nowhere near what you are as far as you know the composition process goes, but it's 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 always fun to kind of see the similarities and differences of how everybody approaches it. And obviously, this is still a work in progress. It's not going to be premiered for another month and a half, basically almost two months. Actually, now that I think about it, do you have deadlines that you kind of set for yourself or that they set for you? 
Yeah, so Chris, my partner Christina and I just finished recording uh, four days of tracking at our friend Brian Burns' studio. Nice. And so I knew that was going to eat Thursday through Tuesday. And so what I did is I knew I had to have a full MIDI mock-up of everything except the little squiggly, you know, what is <laughs> what is that going to be English horn or oboe finished? And so it, it's an interesting process. You sort of poke at it until you get closer to the deadline, and then you do the eight to ten hour days where you just stare at the wall until you break through <laughs> with something in your brain. Yeah, that's your full-time job at that point. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Now, originally from Canada, mm-hmm. but you've effectively spent most of your adult life in Oklahoma, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely the classic first-generation immigrant who moved as a teenager. So <laughs> you you belong to both, but also to nowhere at the same time. Well, for the record, you are in my top three favorite Canadians, Carly Rae Jepsen, Jim Carrey, Patrick Conlon. Oh, that's a beautiful list. Thank you. <laughs> so how does it feel like to be able to build such a prolific career in Oklahoma City, a place you've spent over half your life now? So it's, I'm very lucky. We were actually talking about this just as we were driving home at midnight last night from the recording session. We're getting to do what we love to do. And we've got such an amazing community of people here that like this session we did, we put it together in a week and it was a 20 piece string section and a nine piece brass section and a six piece woodwind section and a harp. And we know all of the people here, their family. And so also with Fort Smith, it's the same thing. I've been playing with them forever. So I'm not writing a piece for the principal violinist. I'm writing a piece for urging, you know, you're writing for your people. And so I feel like that's been our life here. And once you build that, it's very daunting to think about trying to build that again somewhere else. But we have a house in Gatewood. We love it here. Um, my job at ACM is wonderful. And I've got mentors and friends and colleagues and all the things you want out of life. Well, and the city just continues to grow. So it's not like there's a lack of, of people to perform these work or venues to, per, to have these works performed. So, you know, as, as, as you continue to grow as, as a human, as a, a composer, the city grows both in size and scope. And we have more opportunities to share your gifts with, with everybody in this area. And I think that's truly outstanding. We've talked a little bit about the Fort Smith uh, composer in residence, which is awesome. You just got done recording and mastering the OKC Phil album. I believe you also said you had some string music that you were just uh, getting finished recording and mastering. Yes. Yeah, so I was so lucky to get a grant from Canada Council for the Arts. And so we were able to put together a 20-piece string section. And I'm a violinist, so... String writing is kind of my bread and butter. Oh, yeah. So in January, we did kind of all our favorite friends from Oklahoma, North Texas, Arkansas, and Kansas and put together this super group. And everyone practiced their butts off. It's about 55 minutes of string orchestra music. Um, there's a piece that I premiered with the Oklahoma Virtuosi a couple of years ago called Solid Liquid Gas, which is sort of my take on La Mer. It's a big <laughs> nature piece. Uh, a couple of pieces Christina and I wrote together, and then a young piece of mine called Mirror Sermon that we actually have a recording with our group, the Los Angeles New Music Ensemble. I think I wrote it when I was 21. <laughs> I was obviously very into Shostakovich at the time. <laughs> and it's just, uh, it was cool seeing kind of three new pieces, you know, within the last year, and then this piece from 15 years ago. Uh, you know, when I go back and listen to recordings of performances I've done uh it's it's always fun to kind of see the evolution of you as a performer. And I, I would, again, not very uh, strong at the writing side of things, but I have to imagine it's probably the same for you on the, on the composition side of things. It is. Uh, one of my things that I tell all my students is 
write it and finish it now. Um, so my greatest regret are all the songs that I didn't finish at different parts of my life. Because with writing, there are when you get more facile with the craft, you know, when you really understand harmony. So for example, Mirror Sermon has all these cool contrapuntal lines, but I wrote everything with these sort of overlapping, almost super contrapuntal writing. Because as a violinist, I was more comfortable with having contrapuntal lines against each other than I was with harmony. Okay. And so now I've become much more facile with harmony, so I'm less likely to write that style of sort of Hindemithy interweaving harmony. And so it's not that it's worse. It's just that was what came out of me at that part of my life. And I like how you phrase that because I think we we live in a world where it's either good or it's bad. And it was probably really good when you wrote it at the time. And just because your skills have changed and your perspectives have changed doesn't change the fact that what you did at 21 or 23 was great. Now you just have a different perspective on it. So I think that's a really cool way to look at it and and good for you for having that perspective. I I, I tend to think very negatively as the people who know me know that. <laughs> so I'd be like, oh, wow, that piece I wrote back then stinks. But I have those too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think as musicians, we are perfectionists to, to a degree and, and you know, we wanted to to speak how uh, we hear it in our head and how we how we feel it in our heart. What's next for you? You've got so much going on. I, we, uh, we could probably literally turn this into an hour show just with what you're doing. But So what are some of the things on the horizon besides Fort Smith coming up in September? Thank you so much. So we're getting the album mastered right now for the String Orchestra album. Um, so we should be getting that out to distribution to Naxos, who we distribute through starting in August. And so that'll probably be out in about three or four weeks. So we're doing that. I'm doing final comps for Brian's sessions that we finished up yesterday, this afternoon. Awesome. And then we're going down to an album release party in Austin on Saturday. So I have to have <laughs> the Time Flies piece done before we leave for that. <laughs> and then next week, we're doing a recording with a really great friend of ours, Megan Merciers from the University of North Alabama. She and a singer are coming in and staying with us. Nice. You. You're just doing it all. I, yeah, I, I that's love That's the next that. two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just so wild to think about. So in full disclosure, you know, Patrick and I were at the University of Oklahoma, I think actually the exact same time. Mm-hmm. I, I got there in 2008. When did you get there? Uh, 2006 is when I started. Okay. So you were a couple years before me, but yeah, we definitely overlapped uh, around the same time. So it's just so great to see everything that has kind of come your way. And, and, and again, I think it, it, is a testament to a your work ethic and your partner Christina's. I think you guys work so so well together, and you were all together back then too. I remember that as well. Uh, and just to be able to see what you've been able to accomplish with your career, I know we're not even at the halfway point, brother. And I cannot wait to see what you're able to do going forward. Just, I'm just thank you so much for coming down today, Patrick. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I just feel so fortunate to have to get to make music with great people. That's all we want to do, and that's what we get to do. It's it sounds so simple and it kind of is, but it's also not. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> now, Patrick, you uh, you you told me off air we might be able to get a little bit of a sneak preview of this string uh, orchestra album. So, do you have anything to to, to tease our audience with to hold us over for the next uh, couple weeks? Absolutely. Uh, this is the title track in the waiting room from the string orchestra album that Christina Giacona and I put together in January, and we're going to release in about four months. Awesome. Well, let's have a listen.
Wow, Patrick, that sounds really, really cool. Thank you so much. And I know it's going to be a great album, and I look forward to hopefully playing it for our listeners at a performance Oklahoma at a date to be determined. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Patrick, seriously, it is a blast to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up next, Mike Lowry, conductor of the Oklahoma City Winds. Please stay with us. My next guest on Spotlight is Mr. Mike Lowry, conductor with the OKC Winds. The OKC Winds will be concluding their inaugural concert season next week with two performances. The first is Monday, July 17th at 7 p.m. at the Edmund Santa Fe Performing Arts Center, and then Tuesday, July 18th at 4 p.m. at the Tulsa Renaissance Convention Center. Mike, welcome to Spotlight. Good morning, Paul. Well, we're so thrilled to have you here, and it's exciting that we have a, a brand new group concluding their first uh, season in Oklahoma City. So tell us a little bit about the Oklahoma City Winds, and how did you all come about? Yes, it's been great. We're just ending our first season. We're actually overlapping two concerts. This came about with a just a few band directors sitting together and said, you know, band directors never get to play their instruments anymore. What if we start? a band so we can just get together and play and play good literature and one thing led to another and uh, a year ago last june we did our first concert been a terrific thing ever since well and it's great to have uh, some variety too because obviously we have uh, chamber groups in the area we have opera companies we have symphonies but you know we don't have a ton of of concert bands uh and wind ensembles so this is a really great opportunity to hear uh, different types of ensembles. So is the group mostly comprised of band directors? Are there students in there? What's what's the makeup of the group? Yeah, it's mostly band directors, high school and middle school. And then we're supplemented by some private teachers to help those same band directors, you know. And there's a couple of university people in there covering uh, different instruments, but mostly band directors. Yeah, not professional, just good, I enjoy playing my horn people. Those are fun groups to be a part of and definitely fun groups to go and listen to. And it's really cool that, uh, you know, in the vast amount of free time that band directors have, that uh, they decide to get together and uh, make music. I think that's that's outstanding. Now, you're no stranger to uh, conducting and band directing. You've, uh, you've, you've been doing this a little bit. Is that correct? Yeah, I did that for 41 years in the public schools, and I've been retired for nine years. Are you enjoying retirement? (laughs) Except that I never get retired. (laughs) I keep doing stuff like this, and I work for, uh, you know, a local music store. I'm in and out of schools all the time. Yeah, it never stops. It's tremendous. Well, it's definitely a a dedication, that's for sure, and it's obviously a calling for you, and I know uh, many people are appreciative of you and the influence you've had on them. So as far as the OKC wins are concerned, uh, what will we be experiencing for these two final concerts to conclude your inaugural season? Oh, well, these final two we're doing, uh, since we only had limited rehearsals since the 4th of July, uh, we were repeating some things from the last year. We're... uh, starting with Shostakovich, Festive Overture, 
one of the best openers that there you could have. Hard to beat that. And yeah, and then uh, we're doing John Barnes' Chance Blue Lake Overture, written for the Blue Lake Fine Arts Camp. Uh, we're doing a serenade by Derek Bourgeois, a British guy that wrote that for his wedding. It's in eleven eight, and then it switches to thirteen eight. It's exactly it's, what it's, the uh, bride wants to dance down the uh, aisle to. That's a what, little, little yeah. compound meter. <laughs> he wrote that for his own wedding as the recessional. He didn't want people to get too comfortable walking out to the music. Yeah. Oh, that's and amazing. then we're we're doing a world premiere of a piece called Scissor Tail by Jackson Anderson, who is a horn player in the ensemble and a band director uh, locally. It's a story of the scissor tail flycatcher as it flies over Oklahoma City and experiences uh, the memorial and Bricktown and the parks and downtown. It's it's a great piece. It's going to be tremendous for the band literature. Well, and Jackson's a, a really, I mean, he's a relatively young composer. I believe he's only about like 28, 27, somewhere in that ballpark, uh, maybe a little bit. Yeah, at the most. Yeah, at the most. No, I think that's about right. And I believe he's at Shawnee teaching right now, if uh, my memory serves. You're exactly right. Mind, so. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Truly yeah. gifted composer. That's going to be a great, great uh, work to hear. And then we're doing uh, Make Our Garden Grow from Candide, Leonard Bernstein. That is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tchaikovsky's Dance of the Jesters. Uh, we're doing something lighter called Blues for a Killed Cat. <laughs> written by Jack End, who was a uh, woodwind teacher at uh, Eastman. Oh, very cool. And there's a there's a great old story behind that, yeah. And then we're closing with a piece by Julie Giroux called Overture in Five Flat. And you think it's probably in the key of D flat, but really it just has to do with she gives you five minutes to finish it. <laughs> And that's all it says at the tempo marking. You've got five minutes. We need we need more pieces of music that say, if this isn't done in five minutes, you get your money back. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. It's just fun to play, fun to listen to. Yeah, it's going to be a great concert, I think. I would tend to agree. I, I know I'm biased. I am a, a, a band's person. I have spent most of my life doing the band thing. So I am a little bit biased. I'll readily admit that. And I know quite a few of the people in the group. So there is another bit of bias. But I have a feeling it'll be a, a great program. And uh, obviously, we've got a lot of talented band directors in the area. So it's great that they get to show off their playing chops, not just their conducting and their instructional chops. Now, I don't know what uh, you all have discussed for the 2023-2024 season. Do you have anything, any 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 sneak previews that we might be able to get? Well, I know we'll, <clears throat> we don't do anything during marching season. As you said, band director's time is limited, and especially uh, between August and November. So we'll start another one. We'll do a holiday concert uh, right after marching season. And then we'll do one in February, and we got one in early March that I know we're having uh, some guest soloists in. Ooh. The uh, Oklahoma Trumpets, a bunch of guys got together and do a uh, seminar, trumpet seminar, for a weekend. And we're having uh, the former principal trumpet with the United States Marine Band, the president's own, 
come in Ooh. and we're having the trumpet teacher from Baylor University come in and we're going to do the uh, John Mackey trumpet concerto for that and we're going to do the Schumann uh, New England triptych and they're going to both solo on those two things so we've got that much for certain well that I that's more than I was expecting thank you for that little bit of sneak preview that's going to be truly outstanding now uh, I know it's a new organization. You guys are still uh, getting your name out there. You're still establishing yourself. So where can our folks go to learn more about the organization? Do you all have a Facebook page or a website? I believe there is both of those. Yeah, and it's just OKCWins.com. And uh, same thing on Facebook is OKC Wins. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a truly great concert. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us today, Mike. I'd also like to thank my other guests, Patrick Conlon and Kristen Milburn. As always, thank you for supporting Classical KUCO in making wonderful conversations like these possible. KUCO is committed to bringing you the best in local performing arts. Until next time, enjoy the arts. <laughs>